Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Tuesday, May 1st, 2018, and you know what that means. It's time to get nerdy, y'all. Welcome to episode number 65 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. I'm Lom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy, and I got my comrade in gaming commentary here with me, the miggity, 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 miggity Mac, also known as Maction. Mac, it has been three weeks since the last episode. How have you been? What's new? I've been good. Oh man, so much is new. Um, I, I I drove. I, I had a long drive and watched an amazing stand-up comedian last weekend. Just did this you? Past weekend. I did, and it was it was great. I mean, she did a fantastic set, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and and the guy the guy who followed her was was all right. That's uh, funny. So. That's funny. I like that. <laughs> For those of no, you who no, don't no, know good. what Mac is talking about, I recorded a comedy special. I'll talk about it in a minute. But what else did you do, Mac? What else is new, man? Um, well, so I want to tell you a little bit more about that drive. Um, Let's hear about it. So uh, so I drove about, what, what, what is it, 200, 250 miles or so? Yeah, yeah. Um, around that to, uh, to go up there to catch this comedy show. And then I drove back, uh, and on my way back home... Uh, Mrs. The Mac was on her way that direction, and the uh, opposite direction, right? Yes. So where I had just come from, she was headed that direction, and uh, about oh I don't know about maybe eighty to a hundred miles outside of Salt Lake, uh, she broke down. Oh no! Uh, and so I get the phone call uh, just as I'm about. 45 minutes from home, you know, right that point where home feels in reach, right? Yeah, yeah. So I then turn around and drive the hour and a half back to her to pick her up. Um, And then I pick her up and then drive the hour and a half back to where I was and then the extra hour or so home. So I didn't quite do the trip twice, but I did the trip at least one and a half times. Um... And, uh, and yeah, you're a champion. So, you're a champion. Oh gosh, I was so tired. But the plus side was is that I wasn't going to be able to spend the weekend with my wife. And uh, then by crazy, random, wonderful happenstance, I was able to. So that was nice, dude. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was an interesting weekend. That's for sure, dude. Well, I'll tell you guys from my perspective because the comedian that Mac went to see was me. Um, there were, so I filmed a comedy special and if you guys didn't know, I do stand up comedy. Um, and I love it. I love it. It's, it's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. Um, flew out to Utah this weekend. There's a club called the dry bar, uh, in Provo, Provo, Utah, and they do clean comedy. They record specials for a company called vid angel. So I got this opportunity. I've been working, uh, you know, for really, I've been working for nine years towards this, but the past couple months when I've known I was going to be filming this, I've been going so hard with comedy and, you know, on my commute, I'm running through my set, um, at night I'm going out and hitting stages and getting stage time and it finally came time to record it. It's game time. And it was one of the best weekends of my life. I had a great, I feel like I had really great sets, both shows, um, they treated us like kings. They let my wife obviously come up to the green room and hang out, and it was just fantastic. You know, they could not have been more accommodating. The shows were well attended. Um, the crowds were paying attention. It was very professionally done, 
It's going to be edited and take a couple months to come out, but I can't wait for all of you to see it. Uh, it was it was amazing. So, yes, nine years in the making, as Max said in the chat. So that was my weekend. Saw a lot of friends, saw a lot of family, and it could not have gone better. Uh, Mac, anything else you want to say about stuff that's going on, or uh, should we do what we do best? You know, let's do what we do best. I don't think I could follow that, because, Mr. Nice Guy, that's really just... I mean, there's nothing that tops that. Nine years in the making, a wonderful thing where they treated you like kings, you had a great experience, we ha we both had fantastic experiences. I mean, that can't be beat. Yeah, Mac and I got to grab uh, a little dinner before the show, which was great. Uh, my wife was, because my wife's family came, so my wife um, was spending some time with her family, and then we all met up at the show. And, it was, dude, it was just a great weekend all around, so... On that note, I say we do what we do best and hop right into the gaming news, my friend. Let's do it. And may I open the gaming news with a little something? Please do. For those of you who happen to be big fans of the Mega Man franchise, such as myself, Mega Man is my main man, um, they are doing a limited, through I Am 8-Bit, they're doing a limited release of Mega Man X and Mega Man 2 on cartridge, on their respective cartridges. So they're making a an NES Mega Man 2 cartridge and uh, limited, you know, uh, for Mega Man 2 NES and Mega Man X for SNES. And their respective, uh, uh, their respective cartridges, there's something like a one in six chance that of the like 1,000 that they're making, that you uh, will get a glow-in-the-dark super limited edition cartridge. Um, so it's something like that, uh, which is cool. That's exciting news. That's kind of like, hey, Mega Man 2 is my favorite game. Why not pick up a you know pick up a limited edition cartridge? Um, except for the fact that they're asking a hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, per cartridge. Now, just to put that in into perspective, I happen to have a uh, I happen to have a, a limited edition cartridge. It is the same color blue. It's not the glow in the dark blue, but it's the same color blue as the uh, as the Mega Man 2s that they are releasing. And um, it cost me $30, but it has uh, Mega Man's 1 through 6. It also has uh, Rockman 4 minus Infinity, which is probably the most amazing hack. It's right up there with Mega Man Unlimited. Um, I mean, it's just absolutely astonishing how much stuff they packed into that cartridge. Cost 30 bucks. It was very, it was very not uh, mass produced, right? Sure. And yet sure. they were able to have it at a price point that was pretty reasonable. So. Uh, for my part, as a huge fan of Mega Man, I would have paid up to $45 for a cartridge. Okay. Um, not 100 you know, though. Just that's, a, that's a little much for a game you've played already. Yeah, not 100 and, uh, and And yeah, so I'm letting that opportunity pass me by. But just in case any of you are crazy enough, that option is open to you. So that's what I had from uh, 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 for that. Mr. Nice Guy, over to you for the rest of the Fantastic. News. Mac, thanks for sharing that. So we got some interesting news stories this week. Let's start with... You know what? Let's start with game releases. I want to talk about the stuff that's coming out. You know, we're coming up to E3. Um, and typically, you know, October, November are really big gaming months. But we have some solid stuff coming out in May that I want to share with you, the people. Um, the first game that's coming out, one that I am very excited for 
is uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze on the Switch. Uh, and I'm reading this on GameSpot. It says, if you missed out on the original Wii U release, here's a chance to do join Donkey Kong, Diddy, Trixie, and Cranky for the polar-themed platforming adventure again. Funky Kong also joins the fun this time, and playing as him is perfect for players who want an easier time. He can use his surfboard to land on dangerous surfaces and hover. Um, I didn't have a Wii U. I skipped the Wii U, Max, so I am super excited uh, for Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze DKC2, one of my favorite games of all time. Now, are you a Donkey Kong fan, or is that not really your cup, cup of tea? Eh, it's not really my franchise, but I can appreciate Donkey Kong. And Tropical Freeze, I'm given to understand, is quite an excellent addition to the series. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's really, really difficult, really punishingly hard, which a lot of platformers are not. So I'm excited to try this out. It comes out this Friday. And Mac, I don't know if you knew this, but with a lot of new releases, if you have Amazon Prime, they give you 20% off if you buy it before release. Um... So, I did not know that. That sounds cool. It's pretty sweet. So for those of you who are looking for it, you can pick it up that way. They'll deliver it day of. Just buy it on Amazon. You get 20% off. Same thing at Best Buy if you have Gamers Club unlocked. Uh, anyway, moving on. There's also this game called Pillars of Eternity 2. Semicolon. Deadfire. Comes out May 8th. The crowdfunded RPG sequel leveling up for a new adventure. Your journey will take you through the Deadfire Archipelago with tons of islands to explore and quests to complete. Since you'll be sailing so much, expect a good amount of ship-to-ship -ship combat, too. Also, State of Decay 2 coming out for Xbox One and PC. State of Decay 2 is also expanding... Did you play State of Decay, Mac? I did not. Okay. Um, I could see you liking this. It says State of Decay 2 is also expanding its world, and this time you get to attempt to survive in it with friends in four-player co-op. Not multiplayer, Mac but co-op. Together you can build up your base, level up your people, and travel the world looking for others, other survivors in need. Uh, it's effectively a zombie survival game, but it's co-op. So, Dark Souls Remastered PS4, Xbox One, PC coming out May 25th. One of May's most anticipated games is one you might have already played, but Dark Souls is cutting into the current generation with a bunch of quality of life and resolution improvements. In fact, you can slay your foes in 4K at 60 frames per second if you have a PS4 Pro, Xbox One X, or a capable PC. And then, of course, Detroit Become Human comes out May 25th. Uh, it says if you're, it's on PS4, obviously. It's an exclusive. If you're familiar with director David Cage and his studio Quantic Dream, you know his games are all about making tough choices that lead to drastically different consequences. This time you'll be making those choices for a bunch of androids who have just gained sentience. Detroit looks like it looks to be a heady game that touches on some deep topics, like what it means to be human. So, guys, it's like, May is a good month. Uh, I hope everyone has a game that they're looking forward to. And we'll leave that news story at that. Now, let's talk about Fortnite for a minute, because Fortnite is still pretty much dominating. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's actually like 10 stories about Fortnite. Um, but this one was particularly interesting. This is on Kotaku. It says, The new Fortnite season brought more than craters and important dances. It seems that Epic is planting the seeds for something elaborate, perhaps even a storyline of sorts based on new areas that players are finding. I'm going to summarize this. So, basically... There's new areas in the Fortnite map, for those of you who play, that are kind of hidden, and they're superhero layers. Find it interesting that this is coming out right at the same time as the Avengers, which, by the way, Mac, did you see the Avengers? Um, I have not yet seen the new Avengers flick. Dude, I haven't either. Doesn't it seem like it's impossible to avoid spoilers at this day and age? Uh, well, I have, so far, avoided spoilers for it. 
So wait, you haven't heard? The, uh, no, I'm kidding. I would never. <laughs> yeah, no, I have not heard any any of those. Oh well, good. Well, let's keep it that way. Fantastic. <laughs> Enjoy it. Um, Fortnite is still dominating the world. That's really the reason we're sharing this. Uh, and Mac, I know you're not a multiplayer guy, but I think you'd like this one. Have you watched it on Twitch a little bit? You mean Stardew Valley? No, I don't. I mean Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. Yeah, I've watched it on Twitch a little bit. It's got a, you know, it's got a, a kind of nice cartoony aspect to it. I mean, I've watched you play some. That's true, you did. Randos. It's Dude, it's fun. I think you'd like it. It's free. You could try it. Anyway, uh, moving on to our next news story. Uh, let's talk about Call of Duty Black Ops 4. I, I apologize, Mac. I feel like I was a little bit lazy with the news stories today. Um, if you didn't know, there's this game called Call of Duty. It comes out every year. This year, it's Black Ops 4. Uh, it says, Treyarch continues to tease what's in store for Call of Duty Black Ops 4 multiplayer. Most recently, the developer teased on Twitter that perks will be featured in the game. Quote, don't worry, we know some people, which has its perks. Puns. Uh, the studio tweeted while also sharing an image of what it looks to be some new perks for the next Call of Duty entry. Now, Mac, this is a question I have for you. Um, how many franchises can you think of, gaming franchises, that actually had a fourth title? And I'm not talking about a title that was the fourth entry but had a semicolon and a, a, another title, but like something that was actually like such and such four. There's not a lot of them. It's true. I would certainly argue that uh, that's because most series have the you know, good sense to stop before it gets stale. But, uh, but hey, that's just, uh, that's just me. Well, it's interesting, you know. I mean, obviously, back in the day, they had things like Mega Man 4. Um, you know, we have Far Cry 4 now. Um, Black Ops 4, obviously. But, I mean, even with Metroid, we're just now about to get Metroid 4 when... I, I don't know. It's just interesting how they often don't make it to 4, but, but Call of Duty Black Ops is so iconic... Such a so much name recognition that they they stuck with that title. So, um, and I, I guess have s- well, I mean, Mega Man made it to ten. So once we hit well, once we hit ten in the Call of Duty franchise, then maybe I'll, uh, I'll 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 consider giving it some respect. But you know, come back to me, Call of Duty, when you've hit eleven, like Mega Man's gonna have pretty soon. That's here. true. And someone pointed out Mega Man X Four, which is another one. But yeah, that's true. Cool. Well, last news story, you guys. Overwatch is getting a new map, Rialto, and it's launching this week for everyone. This is on GameSpot. The new map comes to Overwatch just after Season 10 of Competitive Play, which started today, May 1st. However, Rialto will not be available for Competitive Play until a later date. This will help provide the community with plenty of time to learn how to play with the new map, Blizzard said. Overwatch still killing it. Um, Fortnite still killing it. Games that give free content are killing it. Take note, Call of Duty. Take note, Destiny. You don't have to charge people. You don't have to nickel and dime us. Just give us content for free. We'll keep coming back for more. Uh, That's it for the news this week. And, Mac, I'll turn it over to you, buddy. All right. Well, now that we've taken a look at uh, what's going on right now in video games, um, I think it's worth uh, taking a look into the past. And I have to say that because it's been three weeks since we were able to get schedules to work out and to uh, and to do the podcast, um, I've had a, a plethora of games to choose from. So a much so, so much yes, a plethora. Uh, so much so that I 
you know, that I kind of struggled a bit. And at the end of it, um, while there were plenty of things, I tried to go for a mix of, of uh, five games is what I landed on, even though we probably could have done 10 to 15. Uh, but I, I've, I stuck with five games, some of which I think are very important for their historical aspect, uh, some of which I absolutely love their aesthetics. Um, so let's go ahead and start with a uh, game that was released for PC in 2005. It was called Narbacular Drop. Does that does that game sound familiar, Mr. Nice Guy? It does not. Okay, so it, it was a game made by some students at a at a place called Digipen. I've heard of um, Digipen. That's in uh, Washington. Yes, yes, it is. And and these students from Digipen, this uh, this was their their graduating game. You know, they they threw it together as their sort of because because Digipen's kind of like a a school place, right? It is. It's a school where people learn how to program. Yeah. So as their as their student uh, student game, they threw this together. Um, they were headhunted by some people at Valve, which brought them on and brought them with their game, which turned into Portal. So Narbacular Drop in 2005 was the uh, you know was sort of the the was was absolutely the precursor to the original Portal. Um, and, uh, of course, some things wound up getting changed, but uh, some aspects stayed the same. Like, for example, the main protagonist uh, was called Princess No Knees. Um, and in Narbacular Drop, uh, she was, you know, that was the sort of thing. She couldn't actually jump because she had no knees. She could just kind of shuffle along. Um, and uh, so she needed portals to go to get everywhere. Now, while we, of course, had Shell being able to jump... Um, in the portal games, it was uh, it was really that sort of trying to explain how how you had a character that couldn't jump so that they could make these puzzles work the way they wanted to. Uh, a- anyway, all of that uh, put aside, Portal is considered by many to be one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest puzzle games ever made, and uh, and Narbacular Drop was uh, was there. Oh yeah, portals through portals. Now that I did not know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Narbacular Drop, that's the precursor, that's how we got to Portal. And Portal, fantastic. Oh yes, absolutely, and arguably, I don't know, as Steam, uh, so I don't know as Valve would have been as successful as quickly as it was, and I don't know if Steam would have been such a natural, uh, such a natural success if Valve had not become as popular, and a lot of that came from Portal, um, because it was supposed to be a one-off game to just pad, uh, you know, to just pad the Orange Box release. And it became, you know, it was so popular that they had to make a sequel. And they, of course, did in Portal 2. I know that, uh, that Portal was the first game of Valve's that actually interested me in at all. Uh, of course, Left 4 Dead came along later, but that was naturally later. So, uh, anyway, moving right along, uh, in 2002, released for the Xbox, Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Ooh, love it. 
Yes. So um, I had uh, I had played uh, Gauntlet for the Nintendo 64 at friends' houses, but because I had a, an original Xbox, um, Gauntlet Dark Legacy is a game that I have a lot of fond feelings for. Um, I'll, I'll just leave that at that because I have even more fond feelings for this 2005 game released for the PC called Psychonauts. Um, a wonderful fresh take on the on the genre where in the game you play as Rasputin voiced by um, oh gosh I had his name a second ago but he's the same voice actor who plays Invader Zim and Dag on the Angry Beavers um, and uh, you play Rasputin who is a sort of uh, a sort of psychic adventurer and during parts of the game you jump into other people's psyches and deal with their, you know, uh, with their inner demons and things like that. Um, so you'll wind up getting attacked by their mind and have to avoid it. It's really a fun, fresh game and, uh, and definitely worth playing if you haven't because it's a classic. Um, in that vein, another fantastic classic, also released the same year, 2005, but for the original Xbox, is an RPG called Jade Empire. Um, Jade Empire is regarded to be, by some, uh, all, an almost perfect RPG, with a battling system that uh, that you switch around the types of way. It's it's kind of I think it's pretty safe to say that Jade Empire, if you've never played it is almost like Knights of the Old Republic, right? But set in a sort of Far East setting. Um, and, and you know, if that doesn't whet your appetite, if that doesn't make you want to go out and play it, I don't know what does. But it is a brilliant game, uh, well worth anybody and everybody's time. And uh, this last one, uh, that I want to bring up is just for the for the sheer fact that it brightens my soul every time I think about it, and that is Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Uh, it, it is a little bit more recent than a lot of the games I tend to focus on, with a 2013 release for the PC, but Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon is just... It, it's, it's one of those things where it's set in 2003... But the 2003 of, you know, the 1980s. So there are Tyrannosaurus Rexes that, that roll across the land, and they are the blood dragons. And they breathe giant laser beams, and everything is neon, and it's just brilliant. It's based on the, on the same engine. Uh, it's based on the same engine of the, uh, of the Far Cry 3 game. But it is a standalone, uh, a standalone title. Um, it can be a touch, uh, a it can be very silly, and a little bit 1980s crass at some moments. And it's even voiced by the same. Oh gosh, his name escapes me. But the main character is voiced by, um, uh, by the uh, guy who was in the first Terminator, um, who played Reese. Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger. No, not Arnold Schwarzenegger, the good guy in Terminator 1. Um, he plays Kyle Reese, and uh, he's the one who says, come with me if you want to live. Which, of course, in the second Terminator movie, the reason um, 
the Arnold robot was programmed to say, uh, come with me if you want to live when he meets Sarah Connor to be a sort of, hey, he's okay type of a thing, you know, sort of, you know, I came from the future to save you type thing. So anyway, all that aside, uh, these are all fantastic games. Wonderful. If you haven't played any of them, uh, what are you doing with your life? Spend your weekend, play all of them. You owe it to yourself. Now, can you get through these all of those games in a weekend, Mac? Let's not set false expectations for the people. Okay, no. I think you can get through Blood Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon in a weekend, but I think you would be hard-pressed to get through, and maybe Narbacular Drop, but I think the other three you couldn't possibly do in a weekend, unless you were already speedrunning it, basically. Okay, fantastic. Great. Was that our, our gaming... Uh... Oh, yeah. I'm um, sorry. I apologize. Yes, that's our gaming new gaming history for the week. Fantastic. Now, it's time for our next segment of the show, uh, which is called Our Topic of the Week, where we talk about something awesome that's happening in the gaming world and we give our opinions. So, it's only May, but I don't think it's too early to talk about E3. Now, that's just my opinion. Also, I reserve the right for us to talk about E3 as much as we want to leading up to and following E3. So don't think this is going to be our only E3 discussion. Now, with just me following gaming news pretty closely, um, there's a lot of rumors that are swirling around E3. It sounds like Nintendo has a new big game coming out. Capcom has some stuff in the works. There's other things. So let's read this article from uh, Metro Entertainment about uh, Nintendo's potentially new franchise. Or new game coming out. So, uh, the title says, Games Inbox, Nintendo's E3 2018 secret game, The Last of Us Part 2, Hate, and Star Wars Episode 1. So, uh, the Nintendo portion says, Could we be looking at a reality where Nintendo's only major game of the entire year is Super Smash Bros., a game that's likely to be at least a partial port of the Wii U game? Starting this year, I didn't think that was possible, but now I'm beginning to worry that it's almost likely. I think it's pretty obvious that Metroid Prime 4 and Bayonetta 3 aren't going to come out this year. Uh, which makes the only possibility that has been announced the Pokemon game. The problem is, though, because this is Nintendo, it's impossible to guess whether it's coming or not. The same goes for the new Fire Emblem game, which they said exists pretty much uh, nothing else. Could it be this year? Maybe, blah, 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 blah. What else could it be? Pikmin 4, Nintendo says they're making it, but it could be another half a port, and that's not exactly a big name, is it? So, Mac, I got two questions for you, man. Okay. I know it's hard because you're very much an indie guy and you're not necessarily into the AAA stuff as much as me. Uh, mm-hmm. But let's let's I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Two questions: What do you think Nintendo is going to announce at E3? And two: What do you want from E3? You can be as crazy okay. as you want with the second answer. All right. So, what do I think Nintendo's going to announce? I think Nintendo is going to double down on their uh, on their Labdo stuff. I think um, Nintendo's presence at E3 is going to be mostly dedicated to their Labdo things, and I think that they're going to expand that with at least uh, a couple of the, you know, uh, probably some big titles dedicated to Labdo. I would not be surprised if they uh, if they did like a video game that worked with that sort of robot Labdo thing, if they did something in, like, Gundam Wing or any number of those franchises or IPs that have giant robot suits. 
Now, for those Robot. of you who don't know, the Labdo thing is uh, it's a clip-in for your Nintendo Switch that has that's basically made out of cardboard um, that allows you to do interesting things, uh, and they charge you an arm and a leg for it. But um, <laughs> that they being do. said, they sure do. I think it's going to be centered around their Labdo line of products, as they've just barely sort of pushed that out in the past what month or so. And I think that they're going to try and focus on that in order to uh, to try and help people decide to buy their overly priced cardboard. But there we go. End of prognostication. That's what I think Nintendo's got going on for uh, um, for this particular for this particular E3. Yeah, man. Now. I'm going to go on a limb and say that they're going to come out with something new, but it's going to be like a spin-off of an existing franchise. I think they're actually going to do some type of mashup where they bring two iconic characters together and send them on an adventure. Uh, and that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, you know, maybe Mario and Zelda, you know, and I don't know how they would do this. Maybe a platformer, maybe a 3D game, but I think they're going to do something unique that hasn't been done before but kind of has because they're using existing characters. So that's my prediction. Let us know in the chat what you think. And then, Mac, the second question was, what do you want to see from E3? Anything. Um, yeah, so what I want to see from E3 is I... So uh, let me just say that, um, that I've been a touch disappointed. As you know me, I like old games. I like being able to play old games, um... But uh, uh, but sometimes when people are working with uh, with old games, right? Sometimes they don't put very much effort into porting those things to new systems. Sometimes, <clears throat> Chrono Trigger, like, Chrono Trigger on PC. Yeah, or almost literally anything Square Enix has ported to uh, has ported to mobile has been pretty bad. Um, and of course, in the case of Chrono Trigger PC release, it was just the iOS port, just was, ported yeah, back was, to sure PC. Was. So, um, all that being said, uh, what I want to see is I want to see, um, I want to see PlayStation, Sony PlayStation, or any number of the older uh, of the older console manufacturers. The uh, the trend is going to continue of people releasing like the NES Mini or the Sega Mini or whatever. But I want them to release not something that's just a cheap work, but I want them to release an FPGA-based or a hardware-based emulation of the system that allows you to play your old cartridges. And the one that I really want to see done is a uh, and outputs HDMI. And the one that I really want to see is PlayStation. I want to see a PlayStation that I can play uh, the games that I've got currently in um, and uh, output HDMI and, yeah, play on my television. That's what I really want to see. That's that's where I'm going crazy, Mr. Nice Guy. I've even got, I've got an HDMI hookup for my original Xbox. So, I mean, Ooh. I'm just, I, I'm just like... Uh, there's there's Occupy and I've got an HDMI um, Nintendo or NES and a uh, Sega and one of these days I'm gonna pick up the SNES HDMI version that uh, that plays cartridges, but I really want to see some stuff out of E3 where we get that uh, forward functionality 
of the, you know, of the old consoles based on hardware and not software emulation. Yes, sir. And mine is very, very simple, ladies and gentlemen. Splinter Cell! That's what I want from E3. And that's it. That's all I care about. I don't care about Call of Duty. I don't care about Borderlands 3. I don't even care about anything. I can't think of a third example right now. Um, but yeah, Splinter Cell, I mean, it's been, I think the last one came out in 2013. It's been five years. Uh, it's time to have Sam Fisher come back, voiced by Michael Ironside. Um, no gimmicks, Spies vs. Mercs multiplayer. Give us some story DLC this time. I don't care how the game sells. Give us some story DLC and let us have fun uh, before this generation of consoles is over. That's it. That's what I want. And that has been our topic of the week. Mac, back over to you. All right. Well, as you know, we like to take a look at some up-and-coming crowdfunded um, attempts to see if maybe there's a little gem out there, something of interest to us that we want to, uh, you know, that we want to see succeed. So we talk about it a bit. We drop a link in the chat if you're here live with us, and we mention some of the virtues, some of the vices, and at the end we give our deliberation, and we encourage those of you who are watching to give your vote as well, whether you think this should be kicked out of here because it's garbage, or whether you think it should be kick-started. It seems promising, or it seems like something that you might be interested in. So uh, let's get started here with the with Last Epoch, or Epoch, or however you want to uh, do it. So it's a action RPG in in a feel, it has a lot more, it feels kind of a lot more like Diablo, almost a bit like Warcraft, like World of Warcraft. Um, it's about time travel, about crafting, and it has a heaping teaspoon of, uh, of Lovecraftian horror to it. Um, so, let's just get a few things out of the way here. I tried to dig kind of deep and go for a genre and a style of game that I don't normally go for. This is not my thing. I know. I was surprised. And, and yes, and, and and I mean, yes, thank you, Mr. Nice Guy. I was surprised too, but I thought, you know, I can't just throw out there one more side-scrolling platformer for the kick or kickstart. I've got to try and dig deeper. I'm doing a disservice by only talking about these things that I have a great passion for. But that being said, I don't have a great passion for this or this style, so I'm not going to be making the biggest uh, uh, the biggest case for this. But rather, I'm going to be just trying to dispassionately say they're looking for 210,000 to build a game of this scope. They are uh, they are expecting that the um, uh, that the beta tester, which, you know, 35 bucks to get it on beta test access, um, will deliver in April of 2020. So they're not even talking one year from now. They're talking two years from now before they've got uh, something that's ready to be in beta, you know, uh, that's ready to be in beta. Um, there is alpha testing in April of 2020. They, I mean, that's when it's supposed to be delivered, but they estimate that by August of 2018, they'll be ready for alpha. And I'm sorry, I forgot the fine print. And for beta, that it'll be April of 2019. So, um, so about six months to alpha, about six months past that to beta, and then full release 
a year after beta. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so they've got a story, a world, doing some time travel, and you'll have multiple eras. Um, the, I, I believe it's four eras that they're doing a little bit, it feels a little bit chrono triggery. Uh, with these four, with these four defined eras that you'll be playing through, where maybe there are, are structures or enemies, or maybe they just lie in ruins or haven't even been built yet, um, they take a little bit from the, shall we say, the Final Fantasy X grid system of progression uh, that they slap into their into their work. Um, focusing on various things like if maybe you're focusing your magic skills toward one particular area, you're going to pull, have to, by necessity, pull back in others. Um, anyway, all this being said, yes, it's not exactly my thing. Um, yes, they are going to have multiplayer, being able to play both offline and online, um, which, of course, is a great idea, because not all of us want online playing. Not all of us want 5v5 or 3v3 or anything like that going on, where they do sort of Colosseum, uh, Battle Royale, right? That's a thing, Battle Royale, that's a... It's, a, it, that's, it's, it's getting big, getting a little that's, big. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of this. Um, with rankings. Um, <clears throat> now, at the current moment, their model of their model when the game releases is for the game up front to be free up to level 20. Um, and they're going to kind of cut back sort of things to try and discourage spamming. But if you want to go past level 20 or unlock all of the game's content, it'll be 15 bucks on release. So, but it's not all a monthly of that subscription, said, right? Um, nope, not a monthly subscription. Just a uh, uh, $15 for unlock. Of course, that's what they say it's going to be right now. Things might change. But that is the last epic. And, oh, uh, surprise, surprise, I do like one thing about it. It has a downloadable demo. Dude, is that is that like a rule for you or something? You know, I'm not sure, Mr. Nice Guy. It ought to be a rule. It ought to be kind of a rule for everybody. But for me, it's more of a... Uh, it's more of a deal-breaker. And uh, in this case, I am excited to see that there's a playable demo. Again, not my genre, not my general thing. But, uh, but I think it looks like a lot of love went in there. And if you watch the video of them, they give their impassioned plea for why you should fund their thing. And... Um, I appreciate that they got real people, that it's, like, really the people who are working on it. Um, and, you know, good on you, that's the way it should always be. But uh, sometimes I feel like people are reading scripts in these videos. Well, let's just be honest. Almost all the time, I feel like people are reading off of a script when they're saying these things, which... I get it. Not everybody has a sort of flow or cadence to their voice that they can say, "Hey, you guys should, you know, do this thing." But you gotta be—you gotta be passionate about your own work, though. I, I agree with you. Yeah, and and when and when it sounds scripted, I just have trouble feeling the passion. I'm like, oh yes, I feel the script. I don't feel the passion. So, um, all that being said, I'm just laying it out there myself. Even though it's not my thing. 
I would say if I were in the market for an alpha, you know, for alpha testing a game and it had 50 bucks kicking around, I would highly consider it. Um, but, you know, hey, everybody else, one thing that, uh, that is kind of cool and a lot of games I feel like need to do is that one of the things for their alpha test people, one of the rewards, is that you'll get an, you'll get an exclusive in-game character portrait. So, you'll get a character portrait, which I think is going to be designed by their, you know, it'll be a whatever by whatever character, you know, avatar face portrait thing that, you know, that's designed for you by their, by their team, which is definitely cool stuff. That's awesome. So, well, anyway. Mac, here's my, here's my thoughts, man. I think this looks awesome. And I never played mm-hmm. Diablo, but it was a series that I always kind of wanted to get into. Um, and, and this looks like that. It, it also kind of has some Gauntlet Legend uh, like or like elements to it. Now here's my only holdup. I know these games are best played on PC, but I'm not a PC gamer. I would love to see this on consoles, um, even on the Switch. It seems like it would be very um, portable friendly. You know what mm. I mean? Like I could lay in bed and slay some monsters. You know, raid a little bit. Um, it looks like it has a lot of depth. I don't know. It, it just really looks cool. Um, my only holdup is that I, I wouldn't play it on PC. So that said, I like the design. Um, I like the detail, and I like the way they have their Kickstarter set up. Artwork looks fantastic. Everything's running really smoothly. So I think I know what my vote is. Do you want me to vote, or do you want to vote first? Well, I'll go first. I'll say, even though it's not my thing, I say Kickstart. I'm going to say Kickstart, too. It looks like there's so much depth for $15 that you would definitely get your money's worth if this is your type of thing. Um, and, and I think you can actually purchase it for 10 right? You can get a digital copy for 10 Uh, Yeah, it looks like you can pick it up, uh, pick up the early unlock for 10 but that just, you know, that one you'll get when the rest of the game releases. Just a, oh, I mean, I guess that's a 30 per, 33% off. Yeah, it's a solid deal. So I'm going to say kickstart it, uh, and that's my vote. All right. And those of you who are here with us live, feel free to put your votes in the chat. And those of you who are listening to us after the fact on your commute, just yell it out. We're tabulating from here. But that's what we had for our kick or kickstart segment awesome now it's time for the main event ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it's time for my favorite segment of the show the dummy of the week 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 the segment of the show where we talk about someone who did something stupid idiotic or downright dumb and we make fun of them now this week's news story comes from new jersey uh it says Well, let's not even read the title. Let's just jump in. This takes place in Nutley, the city named Nutley. (laughs) It says, Prosecutors say an 18-year-old high school student created a virtual video game school where his avatar could walk around shooting people. Now, I got to point out that this kid is 18 years old, so he's legally an adult. Mac, what percentage of news stories of someone being arrested for the first time do you think involve someone who is exactly 18 years old? Exactly, eighteen-year-old. Like today was their birthday. Well, no, I mean, like they're they're eighteen, but not seventeen and not nineteen. It just seems like something about turning eighteen makes people do dumb stuff, and that's the point at which they can be tried as an adult. So I don't understand that. Anyway, 
The article goes on to say the Minecraft video was one of several that resulted in police arresting and charging Joseph Raffanello last week with causing public harm, which caused Nutley High School to close two days after the Parkland, Florida shooting. Nutley was the only district in New Jersey to cancel classes during the recent spat of threats around the state. Raffanello and nearly a dozen students who have been arrested in the last two weeks on charges of making threats or perpetuating hoaxes. So here's what I don't get. Minecraft is fun. Fine. If you want to make a world where you can shoot people in Minecraft, fine. That's fine. Why would you make a video of it and post it online at a time when people are being shot all across the country? That's not fine. Why would you do it at age 18 when you can be tried as an adult? That's not fine. Let's move on. It says... Uh, a Superior Court judge on Wednesday released Raffanella from custody and ordered him to wear an electronic monitoring device pending his trial. What, what is the electronic monitor? I guess it's going to stop him from going out and, and shooting people? Not really. Nutley School Superintendent Julie Glazer said that Raffanella would not be returning to the high school. His father also turned in his legally owned firearms, NewJersey.com reported. After his arrest, authority pointed to his Instagram post of a shooting range video with the song Pumped Up Kicks, which has lyrics about kids out running bullets. So maybe he was thinking that the bullets wouldn't actually hurt anyone, but that everyone would just outrun them. I don't know. Um, at a Superior Court detention hearing in Newark on Wednesday, blah, 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 said the student's Instagram account also had a picture of him holding up a rifle with the words, wow, I'm not even going to read some of this, man. Um, this dude is actually crazy. You know, at first I thought maybe they were going over <laughs> overboard, but this dude is actually straight up crazy. Um, don't be crazy, y'all. <laughs> now, the last, the quote at the end of the article is absolutely priceless. It's a quote. It says, the fact that he is creating Minesweeper videos, your honor, speaks to his academic careers, Briggs said, misidentifying the game. The point of this article... If you don't know the difference between Minecraft and Minesweeper, maybe you should not be a lawyer. And that's our Dummy of the Week. Mac, I'll turn it back over to you, buddy. All right. Well, so uh, now following up, uh, following up that, uh, we've got a little something for our segment on uh, the law. Marginally bad advice coming at you in a segment we call Legalese. Legalese. So, uh, for legalese today, I want to talk about not so much something that's going on in the United States, but a back and forth that's been going on for quite some time in Australia. So, um, this is more or less concluded. I, I think, I think there is nowhere left to go, but I don't know the Australian legal system that way. So, let's, uh, let's just give a, a quick overview um, so that the scope is all is all understood. So um, gamers in Australia were a little bit uh, disappointed because they were having issues with their games, right? And they were having issues with their games playing. And when they complained to Valve, um, Valve, you know, of course, who runs Steam, the service they were using, uh, said, you know, tough. 
uh, to which the gamers uh, contacted the Australian Computer Consumer Complaints Commission and said, uh, and said, hey, these guys aren't, you know, th these guys aren't giving us products that we can use. To which the ACCC said, um, yeah, well, the law says that if you sell something that is defective or broken, you have to refund it. And uh, Valve, Valve's response was, well, they agreed to the terms and conditions, so, you know, it's on them, not on us, to make sure that the game's running. Which, uh, to which the ACCC said, um, well, you know, we're going to see you in court, uh, because, yeah, you need to do that. At which point they went into court, and the Australian federal court said, ruled in favor of the, of the uh, Consumer uh, Commission. Um, at which point Valve, you know, tried to get around it by doing like, well, hey, uh, we're an American company. Well, we're based in America. You know, we don't really do business in Australia. We do business digitally. That's so, BS. That uh, is so you can't B really hold us to that. But hang on, it gets it gets better. To which point the ACCC was like, well, yeah, you do sell stuff in Australia. Um, and you have servers in Australia. And Boom. you do have an office in Australia. Um, to so you've got to uh, you know so you've got to do it. At which point Valve you know kind of said no no we're not but you know what uh, because we're such good guys we're gonna start giving uh, giving some refunds. And uh, the Australian federal court um, decided to slap them with a little bit of a uh, I guess you'd say disciplinary bit where they started having them put up a big old, uh, you know, a big old notice that not only was the, was Valve going to have to, you know, make the refunds, but there was going to be a big old notice front and center on their store page that said that they had a federal court order by the Federal Court of Australia that they had to put up this warning that they had engaged in false, misleading, and deceptive representation of their terms and conditions and of the accuracy of their of their games. Wow. So uh, Valve then said, "Well, hey, we're you know uh, uh, we're going to take this to the uh, to the highest court in the Aust in Australia," and they're. And the uh, full federal court in Australia, uh, which I believe is what they call it, said, uh, um, said, yep, nope, you guys have to do that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, they, they said, well, we, we deserve an appeal to which, and this is where we come to now. They're like, well, we deserve an appeal on this. At which point the high court uh, dismissed Valve's special leave to appeal the application. So... They are now, I mean, I don't know if it's already gone to effect, because I don't have, I'm not an Australian user of the Steam platform. Um, I also am not certain when this is going to go in, into effect, and the big old thing is, we'll have to hear from friend of the stream, Rabble, um, as to whether or not that's currently going on, because he's in the land down under. But, uh, but yeah, it looks like, uh, it looks like, Valve is going to have to put this big old ugly thing on their front page about them having engaged in uh, deceptive practices. So, uh, so yeah, um, I'm not sure who to feel more. You know, I, I'm not sure who's the real winner here, except for the consumer and the gamers in Australia. Good on you guys. Something was rotten in the state of Australia, and you saw it through to the end. 
and uh, sometimes the gamer wins. So, yeah, just a little just a little bit of legalese for you today. Legalese. Fantastic. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's our show for the week. But before we go, we like to do one last segment where we... I'm, it's been a couple weeks, Mac. I'm out of practice. We like to do one last segment where we talk about what we've been watching and what we've been playing. And that's also the name of the segment. What we've been watching and what we've been playing. Uh, let us know in the chat the stuff you've been watching and what you've been playing, because we're always looking for cool, nerdy stuff to check out. Mac, do you want to lead us off tonight? Oh, no, I just talked myself silly with the, uh, with will, the Australian right, you court. Did. You start out, friend. You, you did. start out. So I'll talk about the stuff I've been playing first. Now, Mac, there's this game you might have heard of called Shovel Knight. And it's, I have. it's been out so long that I, I couldn't bring myself to buy it at full price. I said, you know what, I'm going to wait until this game goes on sale. So I, I bid my time, right? I played through Celeste. Uh, I played through some other games on the Switch. And a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, it would be so awesome if Shovel Knight was on sale this week. And I looked on the eShop. Lo and behold, it was on sale. And it was going to be off sale the next day. So I bought a couple eShop cards on Amazon, got the code sent to me digitally immediately. And I bought Shovel Knight and I've been playing it. And wow, that game is a gem. Uh, it came with all of the DLC and will come with the future DLC as well. It was only maybe 20% off, but that's that's a decent deal. So, been playing that. Um, what else have I been playing? Uh, still playing Celeste a little bit, but not a ton. And, you know, honestly, Mac, with the comedy recording I had last week, I haven't gotten to game as much as I'd like. So that's mostly what I've been playing. Um, as far as what I've been watching, wow, finally finished The Walking Dead. Uh, as far as this most recent season. And uh, what else? Watched some more Runaways on Hulu. Really, really, really into Suits. Wow, that is a good show. Um, it's it's unbelievable. And uh, I think that's it. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., staying caught up with that. And that's it. That's what I've been watching and what I've been playing. How about you, Mac? Well, you know, um, I have been watching all that much, although Miss, Mrs. The Mac and I have been trying out the uh, Netflix Lost in Space. Um, we're a few episodes into that, but there's not much, so we're trying to pace ourselves. Yep. Uh, we've been watching the most recently released season of New Girl on uh, um, that's been released onto Netflix, and I feel like that's kind of suffering from the usual American syndrome, where we continue a series going so much longer than it should be yep, kept going, yep. so that it suffers a lot. And then it um, goes off the air and we bring it back somehow. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. Uh, but we are we are watching that, because we do like Zooey Deschanel. Um, and uh, as for what I've been playing... Right up until the moment that we started the podcast this evening, I was playing Stardew Valley once again, now that it has a multiplayer uh, beta that's out for the PC. Oh, is it only so, on PC? Uh, for the time being, yes, although it's supposed to... I believe they said that of, of the console releases, the Switch would be the first console to get the multiplayer beta. So, um, so, so real quick, can you give me, because we're a few minutes ahead of schedule, can you give me a rundown of what that game is and how multiplayer is on there? Yeah, so, um, well, uh, the game in general is a lot like Harvest Moon. Um, okay. Frighteningly a lot like Harvest Moon. So just think of Harvest Moon and, you know, add on a couple new features, and that's Stardew Valley. Okay. Um, 
as for the multiplayer, uh, I was trying it out with Pazzy earlier tonight, and uh, it's uh, it's nice. You share gold between the two of you, uh, but you've got you know you can get a lot more done, which is nice. Um, honestly, you kind of have to see it to. You know, uh, part of it needs to be seen. I'm not good at explaining this game. <laughs> gotcha. I'll have to check it out on Twitch. Yeah, but it's uh, but it's good stuff, and the multiplayer really makes it more fun because there's this certain amount of constant upkeep and constant running around that you do in Stardew Valley and in any game like it. And so uh, having a partner there makes the division of labor a lot nicer and, you know, makes you feel like you're getting more done in a shorter amount of time which is which is really nice huh cool I'll check it out anything else you've been watching and playing lately Mac no I think that's about it but we do have a recommendation from Pazzy saying that turns out Stardew Valley is fantastic and has newly added multiplayer and yes Pazzy you're correct Fan-freaking-tastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 65 of Two Nerds in a Pod. Uh, if you want to check us out on iTunes, do it. Go in and type in Two Nerds in a Pod, and you'll find us there. Um, we'll be back next week at <laughs> 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Mountain. Same bat place, same bat time, same bat rhymes. Keep it nerdy. Deuces. <laughs>